Welcome to the fifth in our series of Ori Sta talking on Tume Fireside Conversations, a live in conversation with Maureen Kennelly, Director Arts Council, Patrick Fox, Director Heart of Glass, and Alva Murphy, Director Create, titled Creatively Making Place, introduced by Caroline Courtney, Programme Coordinator of Creative Places Tune. I'm absolutely delighted to host um, today and um, welcoming everyone from, art, from the arts community, from the community. Um, Shane was hosting us so beautifully here in Reapies as well. So this is, uh, it's the start of actually being together in this beautiful place tune. So thank you so much. And I'm going to hand over to Maureen, Alva and Patrick, who are with us today, um, to talk about cultural placemaking and the impact it can have. very much Caroline. Um, uh, as you say, it's absolutely wonderful to be here um, in person. We've been dreaming about being in Tomb in person for quite some time, so it's an absolute delight. My name is Alva Murphy. I'm an artist and director of CREATE, and we're the National Development Agency for Collaborative Arts, and we're leading out on the Creative Places Tomb program. Um, we're, I, I just want to give a shout out to Vance and Keelan here as well from the team, and we're just delighted to be here, and it's wonderful to see you all here in Reapy's Bar. Big shout out to Seamus for hosting us so brilliantly. It's my great honour and pleasure um, to be in conversation today with Maureen Kennelly, the Director of the Arts Council, and with Patrick Fox, who is the Director of Heart of Glass, which is a Creative People and Place programme in St Helens in Merseyside. So <clears throat> we, we, we're going to weave in and out of the sort of conversations around the strategic importance of creative places programming, what the arts mean in terms of place-based practice. We're going to hear a little bit from Patrick and about what that experience has been like in St Helens because we're a programme that's just starting. They're, they're a good bit in, nearly a decade in. And then I'm certainly going to open it up to the floor um, because this is about being in conversation together about learning and exchanging and influencing each other. So, um, yeah, wonderful, great welcome. So, um, Maureen, if, if you don't mind, if I could start by asking um, asking you in, in the context of, of the Arts Council, as Director of the Arts Council, the Creative Places Programme is a very significant, a significant initiative. So it would be wonderful to hear a little bit about, like, why did the Arts Council begin a Creative Places program. Sure, and I'm sorry, I'm conscious I have my back to you, so sorry, <laughs> you can't see you. I'm hiding Alvanya. So just to say thanks a million to everybody. I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. Uh, I have a load of friends from Tume, and I know many artists, including the wonderful Jennifer Cunningham down there, uh, from and around Tume. <coughs> so I'm just really excited <coughs> to be here and, um, and, to, and to meet people that I've had the chance to meet recently again, so it's, it's, it's brilliant. And I suppose, if you don't mind, I, I want to answer first by kind of reflecting on where I'm from myself, because I am from a tiny place called Belly Longford in North Kerry, and uh, I'm from the outskirts of that village. I'm from two miles away from it, from a farm, at the very end of a road, and uh, I felt that I grew up somewhere where nobody knew anything about us, and you know we were like five or six hours from Dublin, and I just felt the centre of action was just where we weren't certainly and I always felt you know that that knowing how how um how marginalized you know growing up in the country is always something that I'm I'm very very aware of but I suppose on the other hand <coughs> sorry Ellie Longford is eight miles from Listowel which I suppose is a town not unlike Tume I would say 
and Listowel is home to a festival called Writers Week which is on the go now for about 45 years or so and it also has a town hall and Druid came to Listowel with conversations on a homecoming which you will all know about of course um, and I'm just, my mother brought me to see that at the age of 14 and I started encountering Writers Week when I was about 14 or 15 so I know that the impact that something up the road like that which even eight miles away when you're growing up on a farm is still an awful long long away you know you're still like <coughs> relying on others to give you lifts and all sorts of things you know so I suppose that feeling of like culture bringing me more into the centre of things and connecting me into other parts of Irish life and, and life beyond Ireland is something that I feel very strong in myself that you know I'm, I know well thank you so much I know how um, important it is and I know what an impact it has had on me so I just wanted to kind of lay that out and in answering your question as well I wanted to, the, a quote that comes to me a lot is from the American poet Louise Glick who won the Nobel uh, Prize for Literature two years ago and she, in one of her poems she says we look at the world once in childhood the rest is memory so that importance of the place where you grow up is just so absolutely vital that you know our sense of place it never leaves us and artists are so influenced by place and I suppose I come most recently from the world of poetry and every time we wrote a poet's biography we would say Seamus Heaney born in Balahi, Derek Mahan born in Belfast, mm. you know, that it was just absolutely within them, their sense of place. And when I think of, say, I was just looking at, I'm very lucky to own a few Jennifer Cunninghams, and to look at how the sense of place and the sense of childhood is so inextricably linked in terms of her work and many, many other people, aside from Jennifer here, here of course, as well. Um, so, so for the Arts Council, we, we have a strategy called Making Great Artwork, which people hopefully may be a bit aware of. It's a 10-year strategy, so it runs until 2025. It predates me. I think it's a very good strategy and I want to pay, pay tribute to all those who worked on it in the Arts Council. And part, we have two what we call pillars. So we have the artist and we have the public, and that's who we want to look after. And I mean, that makes sense. <coughs> those are kind of obvious things to have, I think. But, but I suppose they're laid out fairly clearly. And in terms of public engagement, that's that's where this program, Creative Places, come. Because we're aware, you know, and, and you'll be aware as well, when, when you think of the arts in Ireland, you know, the, the, the larger organisations and the larger cities probably easily spring to mind, Cork Opera House, the Abbey Theatre, the Gay Theatre, um, whatever else. But really, with making great artwork, what we wanted to do was say, you know, every town and village in Ireland is important to us and if we want to be real if we want to be really um if we want to be really determined in our goal to achieve public engagement we've got to be thinking about every single town and village and it's just like you we know the impact that culture can have on a place it can change people the, the arts can have a very very positive impact on our lives and i guess all of us who are here today I imagine believe that you know and you're either working as artists or as community people or as audience or probably a mix of all three in fact and you can see firsthand this has a very very powerful impact on people's lives and it has so it's about people but it's also of course about place and it's about what makes us proud of a place 
what makes us want to sing from the rooftops about our place. And, and I guess, not, not to be plumossing you, but you know, walking through Tume. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Um, you know, I walk up the town and I see Crane Aquila and I see the Man of Iron. I go, my God, that's fantastic. Two centres of hospitality named after, you know, works of literature. And of course, I'm aware of Tume because of Tom Murphy's work and because of more contemporary uh, artists who are from here as well. Um, and the, and the, the work that has gone out into the world. You know, uh, yesterday um, was a very historic day when the Taoiseach and the Taunashta and the Minister for Culture announced basic income for the arts. But you may be pleased to know that at the, the event she announced that the Taunashta uh, singled out Tolu McKay's version of N17 as his big highlight of the pandemic. You know, so but when you you know in all seriousness, when you think a song that has gone out into the world that is there for decades and decades to come, the sense of place and, and the sense of pride that that creates in us all. Um, so so for us. Creative Places is about looking at the map of Ireland and saying, okay, where are the places where there's a real coalition of willing organisations and individuals who come together to say, look, we, we support you, we can make this work. And I, and I know that it was a very, very competitive process for June to come through, and June, June was the very first, and now you're being joined by nine or ten others last year, and then the deadline, I think, is falling next week yeah. for another... Um, another fleet of, of places to come. So, you know, th I think the work that you've done in extraordinarily difficult circumstances has been noted, and that's why we have been able to persuade our council and consequently the government that creative places is indeed a very, very good thing, and that the, the legacy from it will be seen for many decades to come. Super. <coughs> Maureen, that's a wonderful, um, <coughs> wonderfully rich answer to a question because you've evoked a very strong sense of place for yourself and shared that with us so thank you for that and then position that within very importantly I think the broader Arts Council strategy and it's really wonderful to hear that our early work together and more importantly probably the extraordinary energy and cultural practices and community-based practices that exist in Tume have come to the fore and are influencing already the rollout of the programme so <clears throat> that leads me very uh, nicely in to Patrick <clears throat> so Patrick was it eight years ago? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would you like to tell us how you started um, the Creative People and Places program in St. Helens? And it would be good to give a context to Creative People and Places yeah. and maybe then a little bit of a sense of St. Helens as a place. Yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll start similar to, to Maureen, I suppose, just to give a, a bit of a bit of background of my own kind of relationship to arts and culture. So I grew up um, in Dublin on the kind of cusp of the boundary between Santry and Valley One. Um, and I know most people in this room will probably know that Ballymun at one point was the, one of the largest regeneration zones in Europe. So my first encounter with an artist, my first meeting with an artist was, was community-based projects. It was located in place, it was in situations. And for me, at the time, it was, it was you know, I, I probably wasn't understanding what was happening, but it was, you know, it was a way to access and understand what was happening in the community that I lived in. And some of those bigger, broader themes that I was experiencing or seeing or witnessing, um, but actually a different way to access a, a kind of mode of, of understanding what was what was going on. So for me, you know, in terms of my my work um, since then, it's always been about arts and artists and people and place. So that that kind of connection, that the, the creating the space for different conversations, different opportunities, different ways for us to understand the world that we live in, or to project a different type of future that we might want to imagine 
together. And um, so I'm um, for my for my sins working over in England. I've been over there for for eight years in a place called St Helens, which is a, a town of about 180,000 people. Um, so quite a, quite a large population, and it's kind of equidistant between Liverpool and Manchester. Um, and a couple of years ago, it celebrated its 150th anniversary as a township, but it's existed for for a lot longer than that. And there's a strong Irish tradition and, and history there as well. Um, kind of birthplace of the the glass industry, coal mines, pharmaceuticals. A place that was kind of, um, you know, at, at the the kind of heartbeat of of industrial Britain. Um, and like a lot of places in the kind of north of England, has had decades of, of kind of disinvestment and, and withdrawal and kind of post post industrial kind of um, kind of um, reality that exists now and all the things that that come with that. Um, so St Helens um, is a is a you know a, a space where people had been you know making and doing and the reason that we're called Heart of Glass is very very early on in one of the consultation phases for us as a, as an organisation and a project. Um, one of the, the community members that we were working with was talking about the film Heart of Glass by Werner Herzog. A lot of people think we're just massive Blondie fans. <laughs> <laughs> and we are. Um, not all, that, always, that always features at the Christmas party, but the, the actual origin story of the name came from this, this kind of lesser, lesser known um, film by Werner Herzog in which a Bavarian glass blowing town. Um, so this, this kind of glass correlation and um, the, the master glass blower dies and, and the thing the town is known for the thing that puts it on the map the thing that everyone pulls together to do is to make this really particular type of red ruby and when the master glass blower dies that's no longer within the grasp of the town so the town goes into this kind of state of hypnotism because the thing that brought it together the thing that, that gave it a purpose and a function and a kind of sense of community was no longer available to it um, so I felt like a really interesting story about what role arts and arts and culture and artists and our communities could, could would be involved in in terms of shaping a new identity or a new set of possibilities for for the town but the the kind of origin story of creative people and places which is very similar to the creative place program run by arts council um, Ireland um, was about um, just over 10 years ago Arts Council England in, in, in similar ways to Arts Council Ireland were looking at their investment as a national development agency nationally and they were looking at the opportunities people had to experience or create or encounter arts and culture in the place that they called home um, and what they quickly realised is that there was real disparity um, across the country um, and that different investments were going into big cities a lot of the time and then the idea was that those cities would draw people in and we actually knew that that wasn't the reality of what was actually happening so they, they created this program called Creative People and Places and initially it was a, a three-year program with a 10-year aspiration and they invited different groups of, of community members and, and consortiums to apply for funding if you fell within this kind of threshold of, of eligibility and St Helens was one of those locations. So about 20 places were funded in the first round and I think it was about 30, £37 million investment at the, that first instance. I think it's been over 100 million spent to date. So a really significant amount of, of money. Um, but the idea really was to, to have different people around the table and to support um, things to happen that would be, would be grown in these locations and places um, and, and create the conditions in which work could, could take place and happen. So I, I rocked up on my, my first day um, with this you know, really supportive consortium group of people, of, of local artists, collective, community groups, choirs, local rugby club and I, and I rocked up to um, a purpose-built rugby stadium on my first day of work with a laptop kind of going okay here, here we go um, and let, let's start from there and, and I suppose what I brought to the table or what I was kind of interested in kind of working with the consortium and the wider community 
was to really was to create a framework in which we could listen and we could we could start to build layers of understanding and meaning and then make work not just to react to what we thought the story of this place was but to really kind of tune in so not just be part of the arts life of the place but to be part of the of the civic life and really to think you know who gets to be part of the the making of meaning through arts and culture and where does that belong and our, our belief that the answer to those two questions is that that everyone should have that opportunity and actually it belongs everywhere and our town and um, is our is our art center so that just created a whole different set of of, of possibilities and and you know the, the early days of the the, the project and organization um, all I can really remember are cups of tea just lots and lots of cups of tea and conversations and rooms that you kind of thought not really sure why I'm in a waste management meeting, but I know that <laughs> it's probably going to be really useful to be part of these conversations and and just spending spending that time and then thinking about well what are the gaps and what are the what are the different types of supports that we could initiate what are the things that we need to just walk away from and and you know allow someone else to get on with the job um, and we really kind of set out four four kind of anchor points for the for the program and the organisation which was around arts the arts participation and practice so. We wanted to be part and support of making really important work that had um, a point of view and stories to tell and that was, was of people and place. And we wanted the arts to be a voice around the decision making table, to be part of the kind of architecture and conversation about what tomorrow might look like, to be a, a seat around the table. We wanted people to be able to participate in different ways, so as initiators of projects, as, as, as collaborators, as audience members, as volunteers, recognising that different people will want to be involved in, in different ways. And then we wanted to think about what are the conditions that would support practice to flourish? What are the things that people need? Is it space? Is it time? Is it resource? Is it training? Is it CPD gaps? Is it professional development? Is it networking opportunities? And each of those things required different types of support. So for me, when I started thinking there was a three-year starter going on and a, and a potential end line, was that I, we, we, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have meant, it wouldn't have changed anything if all we did was just a really nice set of projects. Mm. Something had to fundamentally shift and something had to fundamentally change. And, and we've been really fortunate now that we've moved through three cycles of funding and the programme has now become a permanent feature in Arts Council England's portfolio. And has fundamentally kind of rewritten their art strategy and really influenced a lot of policy at local authority and within national organisations, within regional organisations, and within within the policy. So I think what started off as an as an action research program has kind of created a new pathway and a new way of us understanding the value of arts and culture to every facet of, of civic life in our country or in the place that we we call home. Super. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm going to come back to you in terms of maybe a couple of strands of yeah. the work itself, but that's a wonderful evocation of the kind of multi-layered and kind of complex matrix that, that, that is a alive in these projects. And I think that certainly Caroline will absolutely resonate in terms of cups of tea. <laughs> and and we, would, we would say that's an entirely valid um, research methodology yeah. and it, it has to happen yeah. and it's about spending time so but but coming from that very one-to-one -one, um, connection into the broader um, point the last point you were making and, and this is where I'm going to come back to Maureen now is is that sense that actually the work on the ground could could be guided in a particular way nourished and realized in a way that then organizationally Heart of Glass was in a position to influence um, and, and advocate for and generate uh, aspects of policy. 
And so <clears throat> what I mean, what I just want to come back to Maureen on, because I think it's very important, is that at the recent Places Matter conference in Carlo, the Arts Council launched your spatial um, policy. And, and I think it's a really wonderful document. Mm -hmm. It's a really important document. And I, I'd like, Maureen, if you wouldn't mind, just to speak a little bit to that, because I actually think that to have a framework like a spatial policy with, with the, with the um, commitment from the Arts Council to Creative Places program is a, is a very strong infrastructure. And, and we'll come to how does that translate down to for artists working in the ground. But I, sure. I, yeah. yeah. Um, so we, as you said, Alva, we launched it at, at Places Matter. And we, we have a simple, but I think very uh, beautiful vision, really, which says that um, that everyone in the country, no matter where they live or work or what their background is, has the opportunity to create, to enjoy, to participate in, to experience the arts. Um, and, and so, you know, again, I suppose it's almost obvious, but I suppose it's it's the bringing out of it and, and, and the being quite explicit in, in, in saying it that's so important to us. And that there, there are two principles really that drive it. There's a principle of social justice and then what we're calling spatial equity and I suppose spatial is a relatively new term I suppose regional could you know in the old days it would have been called a regional policy I guess um, but it, it's looking very much to how can we influence for example the revitalization of our towns and villages you know can we look at creating artist workspaces is, is that something that you know we know that there's a huge problem and challenge that artists face in terms of workspaces so you know that's something very concrete that we want to do from it how can we work to make sure that sustainable design is far more pre present and prominent in planning so you know how do we work more with architects with planners with people in local authorities it's really trying to strengthen those relationships you know and just back to your point Patrick of just getting the right people in the room so that you know arts the arts aren't just here just as people who oh, they like doing that sort of thing that they're actually grown-up citizens who have something really intelligent and rewarding and beneficial to offer wider society that's so I suppose that's that's at the heart of it it's really about the idea of creating a citizens citizens read that is informed and that about the arts and that the widest possible range of opportunities is made available to them so that you know you're not that young person growing up in Ballylongford thinking oh well that's just all for those fancy people up in Dublin or Cork or Galway you know like that you can actually think oh well within my range it's not an unrealistic thing for me to think I would like to, st to study ballet or there's a pathway for me to be an installation artist and you know we, we've made lots of strides in Ireland I think you know there, there, there's far more provision but it's it's by no me means adequate and of course like what's vital to all this is that we get the investment from government it's all very well having all the policies in the world as we all know but if they just rest on the shelf without that investment and I'm very hopeful that we will have and I, and I suppose not to be trying to make silver linings where there are none but the pandemic is certainly helping in terms of our understanding of where we all live and how we all live together as a society you know and I suppose um, the word porous is used a lot I, I do think as a society globally now hopefully we are more porous we're more open to each other's ideas and we're more prepared to listen to each other and we're more aware of what collaboration really means and what it can deliver for for each other um, 
absolutely and I think that 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 um, you know in the context of the pandemic certainly um, local place yeah. one's place one's immediate locality came into very vivid kind of we all had to relate to that in a very vivid way and and the importance of place and the importance of locale and community couldn't have seemed more sort of um, resonant uh, over those last two years and so it was kind of very interesting to be leading out a place-based program how do you lead a place-based program when you can't be in place um, so so but 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 Patrick can I just picking up drawing on on Maureen's point in relation to that infrastructure policy and negotiating let's say multiple players like council um, business like the thing about the creative places programs is they are they are in at their essence about arts and cultural practice but arts and cultural practice does not exist in a vacuum as you say it's about the business community it's about the community development uh, interests it's about you know it's about the, the total ecology of place so I just could I ask you just to sort of maybe, um, if you wanted to even choose a particular project or just give an instance where a number of those things were at play and most importantly where I, where I want to head to is what do you think the artist's role, I know there's a number of artists here, what yeah. do you think the artist's role is in all of that? Yeah, yeah I mean it's, it's, it's an interesting question and I think, you know, our position or, and, and, and my position has, you know, people say what, what, what do you exist to do? And, and our, what we exist to do is to support artists and communities to make work that begins and, and ends there and that will be led by the people in that space and in that room and what they do together but obviously the nature of the work is is social in nature and it's connected to other partners so there will be what we would probably call natural byproducts that result as results of that process but I think it's really important for us to protect the space of actually it's okay for us just to make an artwork and that's fine it doesn't have to do anything else and I think in the UK and in England in particular there's been a lot more of a history of you know the instrumentalization of the artist or the deployment of artists as the fixer or, or social worker or to pick up the slack in other services that have been decimated or, or removed so I think it's really important to say this that's enough actually that's that's okay as a as an outcome and um, but we do obviously connect with lots of other people and, and you know with different partners whether it be housing associations or the business community or, or you know local traders and lots of different ways and, and, and certain parts of the project there'll be meanings for them that will be really resonant in their world and that's fantastic and that's great because it means there's, a, there's an exchange that's happening so whether that be collaborations across public health or you know we, we work on, a, on an annual program which is which is um Called, it's called the Takeover Program, um, and the kind of the, the, the kind of idea of it at the very beginning was what would what would it mean if, if artists and communities had the keys to the town for the day or for a week? What would what would that look like? So it was kind of permission to for work to kind of occur or take place in different locations, whether it be the town hall or local pubs or cafes or taxi cabs or bus routes and. You know all of these different different locations that are non-traditional art spaces just hosting and, and creating these different different moments and so there's a taxi firm that we worked with who had an artist in residence for a period of time and when you booked your your taxi you got the option to have an artist journey with you for your for your travel um, and this this artist was really interested in kind of um, you know short-term kind of um, intensive kind of one-to-one or, or small group collaboration so um, and that taxi company reported that they you know they were getting more bookings for the period of time that the artist. 
or the local hotel who will have like loads more bed nights yeah. when we have a conference or people are coming and they're saying, well, God, we're packed up on a, on a Tuesday. Normally that would be a quiet day for us. Or, or the local restaurant that actually extended its opening hours because there was nowhere to eat after seven o'clock on a Wednesday. And now there's a reason maybe potentially for them to stay open. So all of these things happen and certain things will, you know, will try and capture, but it's not, it's not, it's not our um, kind of reporting criteria to be able to tell that story. But you, we know it and you, yeah. and you feel it. And, I'm looking over at Mark in the corner who's been working with us for, for, for a long period of time. You know, he, he would know all the, you know, the, the staff in the charity shops would know him by name because we're, we're coming in. So we're, we're part, part of the, the economy, the, the, the kind of the life of, of the place. And, you know, we're working with the, the, the bus companies at the moment around kind of looking at the, the exteriors of the buses as kind of public art sites. So all the buses that will be going around St. Helens will have commissioned artworks on them that will be developed by artists and communities. So just those little infiltrations and those little ways of kind of just, just shifting the view ever so slightly so that something feels different. But cumulatively, it means there's something, there's another energy at, at play. Um, but then equally, because a lot of the work is or has historically been time-based it's happened in a moment in time when it's gone you know we'll get a phone call from someone saying oh you know i've heard there's some really interesting stuff happening can i come and visit and they come on a random tuesday and there's nothing for them to see because it's unless you you you, you hit that moment you can't really dock into it so we've actually been doing a lot more work that recently because it feels like we've got permission to do that now which is more permanent based and is, is a is a more kind of um, you know, um, kind of yeah, longer term interventions within the town. So yeah, those connections really, really connect. So you know, the, whether it's the, the developing visitor economy strategy that the council have, and that there's never a visitor economy strategy before, or the new arts and cultural policy that the the council have, or housing associations talking about how they would potentially work with artists in the future, and ask, well, what would your advice be on on artist payment conditions? Like there, there's other things happening, and I think I'm saying to Caroline, it's really important that we're not the arts and cultural sector in the town we're just part of it yeah, yeah. and I think that's a really that's that's really that feels really important we need to be part of something that's larger than ourselves and not the destination yeah I, I yeah I, I go ahead Maureen. I'm sorry I was, I was gonna say I mean is, isn't it great isn't it that thing about making change happen you know that yeah. like an artist every day wakes up and they're facing like the blank canvas or the blank page and like the magic of making those marks and say oh my gosh you know here, here's something magical and I think that when, when you show that to to people outside the arts, and they can see that you know their town or community can can be changed in a, a very positive way, that's that's such a powerful thing. I think. I think it's um, it also makes me think of you know the two main sort of central tenets of making great artwork, the arts council strategy, or the artists and public engagement. And in the context of something like Creative Places Tune, public engagement means shaping shaping yeah. the program like yeah. with with creative place too with us with create it's not like we, we we roll into town with an already set we have a set of propositions but it comes to life and it is it developed and evolved and finds its form in collaboration so that to me is a wonderful um evocation public engagement thank you all thank you all help yourselves to tea coffee more sandwiches seamus thanks again yeah. thank yeah. you so much yeah.